Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Danziel. Chris, we finally got it. We finally got that first game in. Huge win. Huge win against the Army Black Knights with the Wildcats just completely rolling. Winning that first game 97-54. Great way to start the year. Great way to start the season. I'm just happy that basketball is back because after that game, I just ingested as many basketball games as I could until I passed out. Yeah, great to have the season back. You know, you had the first few games with the uh, Champions Classic. You know, those four teams combining for one championship since we graduated high school. You know, those champions over there in that Champions Classic matchup. Uh, but yeah, it was good to have everybody back, and it's clear as day. We're going to the Final Four, right? I, I think it's a safe assumption. Hotels booked. Flights booked. Everything's booked. I saw that the package for the Final Four to attend all sessions, it's about 600 each. Starting starting prices, at least. Starting prices. We might as well get them now, obviously. I mean, it's, the, it's the cheapest they'll be. So, And it, it's clear as day we're going. So I think it's time. I had a friend who did that, and he bought the Final Four tickets in the early beginnings of the 2016-17 season, the Josh Hart, Chris Jenkins, Darrell Reynolds senior year. Mm-hmm. And we know how that one ended. But I give him credit, though. He committed and still went to the Final Four anyway. As a as a college basketball fan, he still went anyway. Oh, wow. Good for him. Where was that at again? I don't even remember where that was. Yeah, because that, that year was very depressing. Uh, yes. I think it was in Phoenix. Oh, so not a bad city to go to, Arizona. I don't know That's what goes on over there other than it's 10 trillion degrees. Well, there, there's sights to see, Eugene. There's, there's, it's a beautiful state. It looks beautiful. I'll give them that. I'll give them that. Yeah. I don't know how far it is from the Grand Canyon, but you got that, and I'm sure there are plenty of other parks and other things to do in Phoenix. But Kel mm-hmm. Bridges should come on and, and tell us what's going on over there. Oh, uh, yes, yes, that's right. We could get his uh, insight on what's happened over there. So we're going to have Brendan Riley on in just a little bit to break down the Villanova Army season opener game because he was there. He was there presenting view hoops on Tuesday night. So I was so pumped after that first game just because the Cats looked so good. And then I thought that the Ohio State game would have been, you know, maybe this weekend or, like, tonight. I checked the calendar, and I was like, oh, it's uh, not until next Wednesday. That's kind of disappointing. Eight-day layoff. Who who designed this? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. That was That's kind of a bummer. I remember last year, I'm pretty sure they had two games in at least before – the Michigan game. And I remember the first two being a quick succession. So yeah, this kind of sucks. There's a big layoff, you know, especially after how they looked, you just want to get them back out on the court and just keep running them out there and see, and just watch this team. We'll talk about more about Ohio state on uh, Tuesday's episode, but they're looking a little shaky, at least against Cincinnati, at least at first. So you never know. Maybe, maybe I might even change my prediction for that, but it's uh, it just sucks that we got to wait eight days to see this team run back out on the court. Yeah, we got a long eight-day layover, which is kind of a bummer. But on the bright side, that gives us a lot of time to check out the NBA Cats. I don't know if you saw this, Chris, but someone had tweeted out and and posted, and it's kind of made its rounds, that if you look at which colleges have the most NBA players currently, Nova's there in the the top ten list. It might be time to start changing that narrative. I know people are still sleeping on it, and we've gotten to see – some pro cats representing the Villanova basketball culture very well, but it might be time for more people to take notice that this is not just a, a four year, no one goes to the pros, this and that, this is not where you want to go. If you want to be a star in the league, 
it's time to start changing that narrative. We got nine active NBA players currently, according to this list. And we're right there, tied with Washington, right behind Kansas and Texas. The only other the other schools that are ahead of us are Michigan, Arizona, UCLA, UNC, Duke, and Kentucky. Some of those guys are obvious, but honestly, pretty good company. And I think it might be time for people to start changing that narrative about pro Villanova basketball culture. Oh, for sure. The, the last few years alone have changed that entire narrative, I would say. A little weird that we're tied with Washington, though. Washington's, I guess, the black sheet of that group. I can't really name anyone who went there outside of uh, – Mark yeah, that's like the, yeah, the, the guy like, who went. AWOL. Yeah, <laughs> um, and the Sixers fans know all too well about him, but yeah, it, it's uh, it's cool to see narrative changing a bit. And I would say probably the newest NBA member of that group is probably having the best season so far. Yeah, Eric Pascal. Can we start the Rookie of the Year campaigns? Like, the dude was killing it earlier this week. Had a huge. 24-point game, then came back on his birthday, dropping a huge 36-13 double-double. And right now, he's looking he's looking real good. Looking real good. Like, I know there's some questions about his game and how he would fit in in the NBA, but so far, he's shattering all expectations that were placed before him as a second-round draftee. Yeah, I remember we were kind of talking about it when the season ended where we thought he would get drafted, maybe late first, early second, and we were trying to think of some good places for him to go. And, I mean, we were saying this for even like Jalen when he was entering the draft, um, like but Golden State was just a perfect fit. I felt like for uh, for him. And yes, the Warriors have a boatload of injuries to everybody uh, who's important to that team. But Eric's carrying them right now, at least trying to keep them afloat before, at least to stave off anything in hopes that you know Steph and Draymond can come back or at least relatively soon. I know Steph's injury is a little bit long, longer term. Clay. Clay Thompson's out for a while, but hey, I mean, Eric's doing great. And Amari's on that team too. He got flipped there from Atlanta when they because they gave up on him pretty early. So yeah, you got two uh, Villanova players uh, on the same squad and probably one of the more famous squads in, in the past couple of years. Yeah, and it's absolutely crazy that he was the fifth highest scorer on that 2018 national championship team. And then you look at all the things that he's done. He scored the most points for a Warriors rookie since Chris Webber. The most points since 1994 for a second-round draft pick in their first year. Like, this is this is absolutely amazing things. And he's been pretty efficient, too. It's not like he's doing James Harden numbers where he's just chucking it up and saying Hail Mary half the time. Like, this is <laughs> legitimately pretty good basketball, pretty good shooting from him coming out so far. And it's pretty awesome to watch. It is. It is. And I know ESPN has their uh, player efficiency rating, the PER. I think right now he's sitting at, like, 43rd which is really freaking good for a second-round pick. He's the 43rd best player in basketball as a rookie second-round pick. That's that's good. I, I think that's pretty good. And I don't think anybody would have predicted that. Even like the most hardcore Villanova fans wouldn't even predict that. Yeah, shout-outs to Steve Kerr with a little nice little jab, nice little funny, funny dig at Jay Wright, saying that the only guy that could hold him back from scoring over 20 a night was GQJ in that little press conference. I thought that was a, that was, that was a little funny. That was pretty good. Yeah, hopefully we can see more from some of the other NBA cats. Oh, across the board, it looks like people are doing pretty well. Like Josh Hart, he's turning himself around. I know last year he had some injuries, so that kind of held held him back. But he's been doing pretty decently. And, you know, of course, Kyle Lowry's Kyle Lowry. But so far, you know, these NBA cats, man, I can't wait to see who's going to join them next. And I think based on this Army-Villanova game, 
it's looking like some of those five-star blue chippers. Looks like we're, they're going to be joining them real soon, real soon. Hopefully not too soon for us. You know, it's a little selfish, but, man, you could tell. Some of these young cats, they're going to be real special whenever their NBA days come. Oh, for sure. And I, I know I said last episode, don't overreact so much to one performance in one game, especially against a much lesser opponent. But, yeah, JRE, everything is advertised. And I know Brendan we'll, – we'll get into that with Brendan. Everybody looked really good. Sadiq Bey looked great. They just looked good all around the board. And, yeah, I know, like you said, hopefully they don't leave too soon. But if it means a Final Four run or whatever deep tournament run and they got to leave, I'm, I'm all for it. We're joined now by Brendan Riley. Brendan, welcome back. Thank you for hopping on. Thank you for your time. How are we feeling today? Feeling pretty good, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Always good to uh, feeling great after a win. Oh, yeah. No, that that win got us so pumped. It's kind of unfortunate that we got to wait until next Wednesday for the next one. But I'm ready to ride this buzz and break this down with you. We got a couple questions for you. But just first off, we want to know, in just such an impressive win like that, what stuck out to you the most from a game like that where just Nova just dominated from start to finish and had that really, really hot start? I mean, I don't think there's any answer outside of Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Not only is he just as good as the most hype there possibly could have been for him, I mean, in his first two collegiate appearances not even actual games because usc was an exhibition but appearances he's averaging 22 points and 11 rebounds that's in two outings he's averaging not just a double double but a 22 point double double with an extra rebound throw in for specialness like (laughs) he is so so good I now understand why these other schools really like having these one and done guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, oh, oh, this, this is why. This is the thing that we wanted to have. Got it. Uh, yeah, he is the real deal. He is truly amazing. And on top of the talent, he is bought into this program. He, he really is. And not only that, when Jay Wright, has you on his team for just a few months and starts comparing you to Jalen Brunson in terms of how you prepare for a game, how you come in mature and ready for the season, how coachable you are. That's a special player. Yeah. Just from the way he looked on the court, he looked like a man with the way he played. And then in the post game press conference with his answers and interview questions, he already seemed like a mature man off of it too. Obviously you credit, his family and coming up in a, in, uh, in a household where his father was an NBA player and, you know, had a very successful, or uh, I think he was a, a McDonald's All-American. His father was a professional basketball player that knows the ropes, knows what his son would have to go through and is able to teach him. And on top of that, he's coming out of IMG Academy where I mean, you're basically bred for basketball. Like, they, they do nothing but eat, sleep, and play basketball. Um, he is just a, a really amazing player. He really is. I don't think we've ever seen someone like him at this level. We've surely had talent good enough to play in the NBA after one season, whether they did or not. Um, 
we've had really, really good guys, but for someone to be this polished as a freshman in what he can do on the court from both a scoring and defense perspective, it, and I've never seen a player this good this fast. Yeah, right after the game, they were saying that he was the first ever freshman in the J. Wright era to record a double-double, 20 and 10 points, at least 20 points, 10 rebounds. And, you know, obviously he was great, and he definitely stuck out. And you could tell from that USC game, even though it didn't count, that he was going to be something special, and it was great to see it translate into the regular season. But what about, you know, outside of JRE, outside of the hype behind this five-star McDonald's All-American who so far – Everything seems to be so good. What else impressed you from the Cats? Uh, well, for a second straight season, I get to say I was right about Sadiq Bay. Uh, last year, coming out of the blue-white scrimmage, I thought he could be the best freshman on the team. This year, coming out of the blue-white scrimmage, I thought he could be the guy to lead Villanova in scoring. And on a night when you're not playing Army, on a night when you have a better front court, you know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl isn't always going to put up 20 points. Neither is Sadiq Bey. But given that one isn't a freshman, and granted, he's only a sophomore, but he's not a freshman, so it's not his first time going through it. He's not going to have some of those same hardships. I do think Sadiq Bey has a better chance of coming out as the leading scorer for this team. Um, but he's just He's put on the muscle. He's improved his abilities. He's taken a, a step to the next level. He He's the real deal when it comes to the guy that Villanova is going to turn to when they need a basket. Um, he and Jeremiah Robinson were always clear the entire night were the 1A, 1B scoring options, depending on what offensive play was called or who was on the court. But those were the two guys you were going to first. Everybody else was a third option. Um, other guys that stood out to me, Jermaine Samuels did everything you need someone to do to win a basketball game. He had eight points. He had eight rebounds. And he had five assists to lead the team. I think that was the biggest thing. His ability to dribble penetrate is now leading to scoring opportunities for his teammates. And when you have a plethora of bigs that can shoot from the outside or score on the interior, having someone that can dribble penetrate in order to create offense is so key. So the fact that Samuels is able to do that now is huge for Villanova and its offense. Um, a guy that came out, popped a little bit early and then was kind of quiet for the rest of the night, but still had a great night was Justin Moore. He's going to be crucial with um, uh, going forward as the backup ball handler in this team. And I know if the UNC exhibition is to be believed, he's capable of going off and being the leading scorer on a given night, which I do think we'll see at some point this year. After the, um, in the post-game press conference, Jay Wright was just raving about the maturity of both Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Justin Moore saying how good these guys can be as freshmen. And when he is giving you praise over Alan Ray and Randy Foy for how high your basketball IQ is and how exceptional you are as a freshman, that, that's some high praise as well. Uh, other guys to call out, 
Cole Swider had a fantastic night offensively. He's still got a ways to go on the defensive end, but if he can stay out of foul trouble, he's going to be a weapon for the Wildcats. Um, you know, Colin Gillespie had a solid night. We'll see where things go with the hand injury. Personally, based on what I was seeing at the game, I don't think it's any kind of major accident. Uh, having then gone back and watched the TV, uh, what it looked like on TV, I can see where people think it's worse than it was. Um, if I, I, I'm not a medical expert, but if I had to guess, I would say this is something that he's going to take the week to recover from and be fine, not broken hand, gate <laughs> seven or eight or whatever we're on now. Brandon Slater, I thought, was, had a performance that didn't show up in the box office, but was exceptional on defense. Uh, he was getting into passing lanes. He was contesting shots um, both in the paint and at the arc. And uh, the biggest thing I saw him doing might not have shown up on the broadcast, but he was really aware defensively of not just where he needed to be, but where he needed to go help. And he was doing a lot of sliding through the paint and across the court to even sometimes make up for defensive mistakes of his teammates. He is bought in on the defensive end and, you know, hopefully the offense continues to come along, but similar to Mikel Bridges in his freshman year, he's going to be the defensive utility player for this team. Hey Brendan. So I know you kind of just gave the individual rundown for each of these players, but as a whole, I mean, they even brought it up on the broadcast, uh, Villanova ran out a pretty big lineup, and it probably will for the whole year. I mean, Bay, Robinson, Earl, and Samuel starting the game, and then the three guys coming off the bench are all considered forwards with Swider, Slater, and DCR. Uh, Anything specific you want to dive into with that? Maybe on the offense or defensive end, it's kind of a different look, you know, from the usual guard U lineups we see out there. Well, it helps that we're not going to be shooting all threes. Uh, That's the one thing that 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 can guarantee. But – we're just a big team. Even our guards are lengthy and big. I mean, you look at Justin Moore, that guy looks like a wing more than he does a point guard, but that's what he is. Um, the, the actual bigs that we have, uh, we have a number of them and we're deep. Uh, and there's a couple of things that that does. Um, the one that probably ends up being the biggest impact long-term and beyond this season is that I think it means they are going to redshirt uh, Eric Dixon. Uh, I think he was the the only player that didn't see the court, and if you're going to redshirt, you can't play even a second of any game. And right now, including our walk-ons, he is the only player eligible for for a redshirt this season. Um, It's not 100%. Uh, When I asked Jay Wright about it after the game, he wouldn't confirm or deny anything. But his statement, including the phrase that they're saving him up. So if I had to put money on something, I would guess that he's going to redshirt. As for the guys that are going to play, uh, for some reason, I was seeing a lot of uh, pushback or disappointment in Demir Cosby Roundtree saying that he needs to have his minutes reduced. Uh, I I don't agree with that. Um, I don't. I don't disagree with the clear minute reduction he's going to get this year. 
when Jeremiah Robinson Earl came out and was able to perform at the level that he did, and Justin Moore was able to perform at the level that he did, there's a talent gap. And I'm not trying to say that we should play guys that aren't as talented. But when I say there's a talent gap, I mean that those two guys could do everything. And there are certain things that Cosby Roundtree can't do. Now, he's a specialized player. He can box out bigger guys. He can body up with them, even though he has a smaller frame. He is a terrific rebounder. And while that doesn't always translate to the box score, he can adjust shots. He can be a force in the paint. He can block shots. Uh, I really think that he still needs to be playing significant minutes this season. And at the same time, I don't disagree with him being downgraded from a starter to the bench. Uh, I, I think that now that we've seen significant minutes of what some of these players can do, I think that's the right move. Um, but as a whole, in terms of how it affects the entire team, it it's the perfect year for it to happen as the three-point line moves back and you're going to have a little more free-flowing offense inside the arc. So not only do we need to have bigger bodies to contest with that on defense, we now have the ability to use it to our advantage on offense. Um, it helps that a lot of these guys are dual threats, that they can shoot from behind the arc and that they can also be effective inside. So we'll see how much that gets utilized. I do think this year we'll see Villanova's three-point percentage start to drop down a little bit. Nothing crazy. I, we might still be over 50%, but it's not going to be as crazy rampant as it had been trending where you see a new high every single season. Yeah, great call on Eric Dixon. I did see the post game, and when I saw Jay say that, I that was definitely what I thought as well. Sounded like a rate, sounds like a red shirt. Hasn't when he was like, "Oh, I have to wait and see what I can say." I was like, "All right, Jay, all right." But uh, you know, just such a a clean game, and Nova just winning in such a lopsided fashion. Just from the freshman doing well, sophomores showing improvement, and then the key returning guys are looking good. Is there anything in that 40 minutes of Villanova basketball that you think, you know, something that uh, could be a potential issue down the line, something that you think needs to be worked on or refined? Sure. I mean, there's always things, I hate to say this about Army, but when you're playing a cupcake school, when you're playing a game that you're supposed to win and you win easily, a game that you just, it makes you look so good, it's hard sometimes not to overlook some of the flaws that in retrospect are obviously there, but that when you just watch it, you're like, Oh, everything's fine and dandy. The trap that a lot of us fell into last year, myself included. Um, I would say a couple things that jump out to me are turnovers. Jeremiah Robinson had five turnovers in the first half. Now, one of the great things about him is that Jay Wright said in the postgame press conference, he jumped all over him at halftime about it. And that the kid is so coachable that even when you get on him and get on him hard, like Jared did, he doesn't sulk. He doesn't, you know, drop his head. He takes it as a challenge. He accepts it. He likes to be coached that way. And 
he didn't have another turnover for the rest of the game. Now, you know, Samuels isn't a natural ball handler. He's not a guy that you want playing point guard. And so while it was great that he had the five assists, sometimes when he's driving into the lane, he's going to lose the ball on turnovers. I'd still like to see that number get cut down. I think he had four on the game. Um, but that that's always one area to work on because not only do you lose a possession, you're basically just gaining a bonus possession or handing a bonus possession to your opponent. Other things that obviously uh, health, especially at the guard position, can't really afford to have any more injuries. Um, Gillespie's hand injury, while I don't think is major, I can't say that definitively. Uh, and so if he were to be missing any serious amount of time, that's hand-in-hand uh, hand with the turnover issue. That's not great for the Wildcats um, and something to be watched for. And the other aspect of it is while Villanova is long uh, and they certainly play aggressive, I, I don't think you have anyone in on the team that you would describe as other than maybe Bay as being a big body, you know, the way that we've had with Eric Paschal or Amari Spellman, guy that looks like he could be just as comfortable on the football field as he is on the basketball court. We're going to face some guys like that, especially in the Big East this year. And uh, I'm a little concerned about those type of matchups, but that's one of those things. There's, there's nothing you can do about it at this point. Uh, other than, uh, that's on the coaching staff to really try to coach them on how to play those guys when you're undersized yourself. And I do think that in the process of developing his players, Jay's going to do an exceptional job there. Brendan, thank you for hopping on. Thank you for breaking it down. One quick one before you go. How fresh do those new jerseys look? So fresh. Uh, even even Will D. Cat was wearing them, and I ran into him. They look real good. It helps when you play that good in them. Yes, yes. I know I wanted but, uh, I know I wanted a New Jersey after that game. <laughs> but uh yeah, the cats looked good from every single aspect of, of that of that breakdown. Awesome. Awesome sauce. Awesome. Thanks again, Brendan. Thank you. And thank you for your time. Thank you guys. Have a good one. Once again, that was Brendan Riley. You can follow him on Twitter at Brendan Riley37. Chris, great win for the Cats. Can't wait to see what happens next. But one thing I do know, while it was a great first opening night for Villanova and many other teams in the Big East, you know who lost out, Chris? You know who lost out? Who? The Alabama Crimson Tide. (laughs) Javon Quitterly goes to Alabama. Penn comes over there and crashes the party with a one-point upset. If this, I couldn't even write this. I could. There's no way it could have been written any better than this. All the freshmen getting immediate playing time, sophomores getting a huge chunk of playing time. Javon Cornelius leaves. The first opponent that his new school plays is Penn, and they lose again. <laughs> could he put up another Instagram post? Did he put up another Instagram post? There was no Instagram post. There was no Instagram post. Oh. He didn't, he didn't want to transfer again right after that loss? It was his third choice for a reason. <laughs> Poor him. <laughs> I, just... I haven't looked at his inst- like his social media, but like I could only imagine how many people went to troll him after. Yeah, I'm sure there was a, a fair amount. 
Oh God, that that Even is. I stupid. couldn't believe the score. Like I saw the score and I was like, no, 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 that's a joke. No, there's no way. And and Penn nonetheless. Yeah. Like come on, like that's just crazy. <laughs> I guess that means the Quakers will be decent, but like still. Yeah, no, yeah, that's it, you. You go there and you you try to escape Penn and <laughs> the bane of your existence last year, and uh, they they still haunt you. He didn't play, did he? Did he? Did he, he did he get not the play. He did not play. So this is the second time Penn beat his school, and he did not get to play. Well, well, Eugene, if you remember correctly, he played for like one whole possession last time. Remember, he, he dribbled the clock out. He did. He was there there for a little bit so can't undersell the time he played last year because it was few and far between yes <laughs> yes poor poor jake yeah poor yeah yeah no honestly literally between just all the newcomers getting all this playing time right away villanova winning a blowout fashion the new school loses to penn the the one school that was probably the turning point of his season last year and yeah it's just wow <laughs> who would have thought who would have thought? No, crazy. Well, it's that time of the day where we stop what we're doing, pop open the mailbag, and answer the questions that you, the listeners, have there for us. Feel free to tweet at us, always at S-O-N-N-Pod. Feel free to ask us anything, and we'll talk about it on the show just like this. Chris, we missed some questions last time, so we're going to double back, and then we're going to go ahead with some of these new ones that we got in uh, last night. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, so first question is from Jerry Quinn. And he wants to know which sophomore breaks out this year. And so far, in this early race, in this one 40-minute glimpse into the Wildcats, on wax, on paper, on the record books, it's looking like Cole Swider might be that guy. Yeah, and if we had answered this on Tuesday's episode, I probably would have stuck with the same answer. He was the first guy off the bench in this uh, past game. So he seems to at least have the faith of the coaching staff immediately. And he looked like he was shooting with a lot of confidence. So that's always a good thing. I think we said that a bunch of times last year with him. So, yeah, I thought he was a prime candidate going into the season because just because I think he just shoots so well, he has to. Eventually his shot's going to fall and he's going to put up some points. He's just got to fix the defensive side a little bit. So, yeah, I think he's a prime candidate, and I think he's my number one choice for that, and I think you would agree. Yeah, right now that's kind of where I'm trending. I think last time – on the show, I kind of tipped that I was high on Brandon Slater, which, you know, I'm sure he could still be great. But so far, it's looking like all signs are pointing to Cole Swider. And if he can come in every night and add that scoring punch off the bench, be the new quote-unquote six starter, no problems. No problems at all. We need that. We need those shooters. We're going to need that. And if he can come be a threat off the bench while some guys need a rest or need a spell, it's going to be a fun time. For sure. And we're definitely going to need bench production this year. I mean, not, not that you'd never don't, but I, I feel that with, you know, Slater being more of a defensive guy and same thing with DCR, you're going to need the offense to come from someone. And he's, he's the guy. Yeah. At least until Antoine comes back and then who knows what the rotation is going to look like, who gets shifted onto the bench. But right. yeah, the more, the more firearms, the better. And I think so far it might be Cole Swider, at least after game one, that's how it's looking. The other question from Jerry is, which out-of-conference game is going to be the best test for this young team? I think if you ask me, there are two ways you can go with this, but I want to know which way you're looking, Chris. Ooh, uh, I'd say probably in terms of, you know, environment and all, I would probably say probably Ohio State. I just want to see how this young team responds in the second game of the year because 
the eight day layoff, how they respond to, you know, going into a tough environment versus real tough road game. See if the defense is able to hold up like they were against army. See if the rotation is still good with all that. So I, I would say that would probably be the toughest, but I would say in terms of talent, I would guess, I would guess Kansas. Yeah. It really depends on how you want to look at this, you know, right before big East play, you know, that mid season progress report check, then you could totally say Kansas. But if you're looking early on, right from the get go, that Ohio State game, after eight-day layoff from your last game, you're going into Ohio State. It's going to be – it's not going to be an easy environment to play. And Chris Holtman, as we know, has had Jay's number the last couple times they met. Jay's going to look to even the score, even though he's on a different team now. But I think this Ohio State will be a key game, and I think it's going to indicate a lot about this team's character. It's one thing to blow out Army. It's one thing to destroy them on offense and defense in pretty much every facet of the game. But it's another to do it against a Power 5 team a team that's looking to be on the up and up. They got some young talent as well. So I think the best test to just see where their mind is, at least early on, would be this Ohio State game. And the last one from Jerry is, will the Georgetown rivalry be refreshed this year? Last year, they split the series. This year, who knows what's going to happen. But one thing I do know is that game last night, what was Georgetown doing? <laughs> it did not look like they were ready to rekindle any kind of rivalry this year. No, if they're struggling against Mount St. Mary's, God knows what's going to happen against this Villanova squad. But I guess to answer the question, I mean, I, I, I would think so. I mean, it's going to take some time to get there unless, you know, there's like some big brawl or something that really kicks off everything. Uh, which I just severely doubt in this day and age. I think we'll start to work our way toward it because I think I picked a split in this. I think I did. I don't really remember. It was only a week ago. God, my memory's so bad. But as long as, you know, these teams start splitting and maybe, God forbid, Georgetown takes two, both of them, like this, teams will start to hate each other and the fan bases will start to get at each other's necks again because for the longest time, I feel like it's just been 2 nothing Villanova every single time and it's just Georgetown's just there. Yeah, last year was probably when the rivalry was the closest it had been in a while. And even the game at Wells Fargo Center, even though Nova had won that one, it was not an easy one. That was one where Phil Booth went cold, but Colin Gillespie shot the lights out and kept Villanova afloat. And then, as we saw, they won it in D.C. later that year. This year, who knows what it's going to bring? I would, you know, obviously, I think both sides would like to see the rivalry be a rivalry, even though I'm sure all the... 85 era-esque alums and all the old timers would love you they just take pleasure in just beating up georgetown every time but i think that both sides would love to just see them both be competing again both being at the top both being just right there neck and neck i think it'll be pretty competitive this year but at last <laughs> last night against mount st mary mount st mary is coming into your house kicking you around for a half <laughs> and just by some, you know, I'm not going to say sheer luck because they did have to rally back from 19 down at halftime, and it was uglier in the first half. But they were able to gut it out. They were able to pull it out. But right now it looks like Georgetown has some work to do before we start talking about rekindling rivalries. Yeah, take care of who's on your schedule first. And if you're going to be overlooking Mount St. Mary's in game one, God, they're going to be in for a uh, a rough year. They ended that game on a 22-1 run. So, like you said, give them props for that, but they shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. Yeah, I'm sure everyone at Casual Hoya 
is not they they're not even thinking about Villanova right now. They're looking at whoever their next opponent is and just like please, please, please not again. Just 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 do it, just do it normally. <laughs> yeah, just just one easy win, please. I, you can just sense their pain. They're just waiting for this team to really break out, and this might be the year. And they're screwing around with St. Mary Mount St. Mary's game one. Not a I will good look. say I will say though, Omar Yurtsevin. Looking pretty good so far. He's looking like a really nice transition from Jesse Govan's departure. That's going to be something worth watching later. Yeah, so he had a big game. And they they needed every bit of it. For us, they weren't beating Mount St. Mary's. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh-huh. This next question is from Kate Faribault. Gillespie's hand? And can we just not have any more hand injuries, please? Chris, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what we need to do. But... He was holding his hand the way he was holding it in that Army game. I haven't heard any news yet. I've been trying to, you know, even last night and yesterday, just trying to get any updates, but it doesn't seem like anything has been released yet. And you know that Villanova, they're not, especially with an eight-day layoff, like they're, they're probably not going to say anything until later. But I'm a little worried. Looks like this streak is still going. Yeah, it's, it's just a shame that the kid can't just get a break. He- Breaks his face, and now his hand is might be messed up. I don't know. Like you said, I don't know the extent of the injury either, and I don't think we will for a while. So it, it just and he was hurt last year. He had the concussion, and then he had another. Did he have another issue too? Like I, I don't remember. It's just and but obviously the hand injuries like that's like just a meme at this point. I feel like <laughs> so I, I think everybody's just guaranteed one, and it's just you just got to sacrifice one person at the beginning of the year. Um, and the better the player, hopefully the fewer the injury. And Colin's a good player, so maybe this will be the only one to deal with. So it's just – it's it's kind of funny at this point, honestly. Like at, It is kind of comical, you're right, at this it, point. It is. like, And I brought up the Yankees last episode with all their injuries over the summer and the spring. But it's like at, at some point you just laugh the next – every day. it's like every day you just expect some type of injury. Um, and with Colin, I just feel like every time you see him play, it's just like something's wrong. Like, here we go again. Another hand injury. Unfortunately, it's Colin because he was dealing with the nose. So now it's like, great. Right. Now he got two. Yep. And you're going to need that hand, obviously. I want him to to win the three-point percentage contest that I predicted him to win this year for Villanova. So would love to see him uh, fully healthy and not have to, you know, adjust his shot in any shape or form because it's it's a pretty good shot he's got. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even get to see his shot fully on display against Army, but Obviously, we didn't even get to see him finish it off with that hand injury. This last question is from Chris Lane, the homie. He wants to know, why have you not invited me on? Which is also a question from Mike J, the Mike Town. And he said, why have you not invited Chris Lane on? And then Chris Lane followed up and said, please answer this one. At this point, Chris, if we have him on, I feel like that that's gonna be the end of like the running joke. Like there's gonna be no more running joke. It's gonna be like Wiley Coyote catching Roadrunner. It's like that's it. Now now what? Now now what now what is he gonna tweet at us about? Yeah, the meme is dead. You can't make fun of it anymore. It's like uh it's like the Nationals winning the World Series or something, or like the Capitals winning Stanley Cup. You you can only make fun of it until it actually happens and Yeah, no, but I would like to have Chris Lane on. We did have him on in our first season over at VU Hoops a couple years ago. We had a great time breaking down the knock-on. I remember that was just like an enjoyable episode to record. 
Even though I had a hard time because I would say like, so Chris, what do you think? And it's like you and him just kind of like staring at each other like, uh, which uh, yeah. one? Uh, <laughs> which one? <laughs> and uh, but no, we we do we would like to have him on. Last year we tried to get him on, but it, we couldn't get it line up. Uh, now I guess we're gonna have to just put an end to the running joke. I think we're gonna have to get him on this year. Well, I'm all for it. All for it. So. The more the merrier on this show. The more the on the show. Yeah, I would also like sure. to do a like a catch up piece on Mott Boy from 2016 national championship game. Well, how his life has changed since? Uh, is he still mopping the floors? Uh, what what is he up to? Uh, did Daniel Chefu improve his game? Uh, you know, I would like to know what he's up to as well. Okay, catch up with everybody. Catch up. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Look up View Hoops on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone. You got many, many ways to access our pod. Make sure to subscribe to View Hoops or look for a State of the Nova Nation. Either or should take you to the show, take you to the pod. Please subscribe. Please rate us five star, five star, five star, five stars. And tell a friend, tell a friend about what we're trying to do here at View Hoops on State of the Nova Nation every Tuesday and Thursday. Also, please follow View Hoops on social media. You do so at View Hoops, and that's good for Twitter and Instagram. Check up on the site each and every day. Now that the season's finally here, we're going to be rolling, and we got some time to kill before we get to that next Ohio State game. So please hop on it. Check us out. Check out our content. And please follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And I'm Chris Stanzial. I got nothing. Follow Eugene. Follow the pod. Follow View Hoops. Nova Nation, happy Thursday. Have a good weekend. The Cats are finally back.